0: Since 1978, Breast Cancer Trials has conducted a number of clinical trials, which have changed the way that we treat breast cancer, save lives and improve patient quality of life. We spoke with one of our founders, Professor Alan Coates AM, about the ANZ 8101 and big 198 clinical trials, which were practice-changing research and still have relevance today. Professor Coates discusses the changes he has seen to breast cancer treatments as a result of these trials and his excitement about the future of breast cancer research.
1: I'm Alan Coates and for a number of years, mainly last century, I was involved as the chair of the scientific committee of what was then the Australia New Zealand Breast Cancer Trials Group, now Breast Cancer Trials.
0: We're interviewing you on some of the achievements that Breast Cancer Trials has made since 1978. Why was there a need for a clinical trials group at that time?
1: At the time, all sorts of people had individual ideas about how to treat a patient with cancer, but there wasn't a lot of evidence about which was a better way to go. An individual experience of two or three cases often changed a treating doctor's opinion. That's not scientific, and the trouble is that you get different answers for different uh, short or small experiences. The way to get around that is to do proper uh, clinical trials which compare policies that, are, that give you an answer to how, how do you apply them next. And so uh, by the time I got back from training overseas in the late 1970s, there were quite a number of people who had experience of doing clinical trials uh, in various parts of the world, UK, United States particularly. Uh, and we're setting up to do them here. The breast cancer group was the first organised group to do trials in uh, any particular cancer in this country uh, with the possible exception of the paediatricians who had done a few things in childhood leukaemia a few years earlier.
0: So if we take a look at the trial ANZ 8101, how did that research come about and was it practice changing?
1: 8101 was an important trial, it was a successful trial that the group ran, but it wasn't the first trial the group ran, and to put it into context, our first generation of trials compared policies in treating women with metastatic breast cancer. Should they start with a hormone treatment, should they start straight into chemotherapy, or is it better to use both together? And we got a clear answer from that first generation of trials, 7802 and 7801, that starting with endocrine treatment was just as good, and put off the day when you had to give what was then very unpleasant chemotherapy. 8101 was a separate trial for the women who had already required chemotherapy and it was asking questions again, trying to make life easier for women because in those days side effects of chemotherapy were even worse than they are now. We didn't have the same ability to control, particularly nausea and vomiting, Uh, which was a a major problem with all of the drugs we used, and particularly some of the newer ones we were beginning to use uh, in the 1980s. So 8101 compared different policies of using chemotherapy and it asked questions about can you give the patient a bit of a break and then go back to treatment only when you need to. That was a great idea, it sounded good, it worked in lymphomas and other types of cancer. It didn't work in breast cancer, but we needed a trial to find that out. And the trial asked the question, do we start and keep going, or do we start and then give three cycles, stop and wait, and only treat if we need to? The bottom line was that both from the control of the tumour, that is, uh, response of the tumour to treatment, how long the patient lived, and also from the point of view of the patient's own symptoms, it was better to keep going. And the reason we know that was that this was the first trial in which patients gave their own assessment of outcomes, that is what we now call patient-reported outcomes or quality of life measures, were incorporated into 8101 for the first time in an ancient clinical trial in Australia. We used techniques that had been developed, particularly in the UK, and by a visiting scientist from Canada who was on sabbatical uh, in Sydney. Uh, But we used things that were simple and could be applied to hundreds of women in busy clinics and get a, a real measure of what those women thought about their quality of life during treatment and the answer was very clear that in this particular comparison the quality of life of patients who continued treatment it continued to improve whereas when we stopped treatment tried to give the patient a break quality of life deteriorated uh, and so the idea of giving a, a treatment holiday in breast cancer didn't work and we had not only the objective measures of uh, response rates and, indeed, eventually survival, but also the patient's views of what, was, what made them feel better. And that was, of course, critically important because it was with their well-being in mind that the whole trial was designed.
0: And in those early years of the group, was research focused more on improving chemotherapy and existing treatments?
1: We, we needed to make the best use of the available chemotherapies And in those days, there weren't a lot of drugs available to choose from. Uh, One of the newer drugs was a drug called doxorubicin or adriamycin, and it was uh, touted as a a real improvement. In fact, we used it and we used the older combination of three drugs with some uh, some cortisone drugs as well. Uh, And we compared those one with the other in uh, the trial, as well as the policy of, of stopping or continuing. It turned out that the the, uh, distinction between the two types of chemotherapy wasn't important, but the distinction of keeping going was important in terms of patient outcomes.
0: It must have been exciting to see the development of new treatments and a new class of drugs such as aromatase inhibitors. Can you explain the development of that new class and how it has changed practice as shown in the BIG-198 clinical trial?
1: Okay, so in BIG-198, we're moving in two important different ways. One, we're talking about patients with early breast cancer that has not yet come back. And two, uh, because we need very much larger numbers to get answers in this group, we had an international collaboration. Uh, All of these treatments are in the endocrine treatment phase, the hormone type treatments. The mainstay, the established drug, was a drug called tamoxifen, which is undoubtedly the best drug I saw in, in all the years I was practicing. It made a fundamental difference to women with breast cancer. A new class of drugs had come along which was also designed to reduce the impact of uh, endocrine treatment and endocrine agents on the, on the tumour. That is, some tumours, most of them in fact, the tumour is driven to some extent by oestrogen uh, in the woman's body. If you can turn that off with aromatase inhibitors, or block its action with tamoxifen, then many of the tumours will respond and the use of those same drugs early after surgery for breast cancer, it was hoped was going to uh, reduce the chance of the tumour coming back. And in fact, both of those work. Where we were in starting Big198 was to try and work out where the new drugs fitted into the sequence uh, and whether they should be used up front or only if uh, an, an older treatment such as tamoxifen had failed. We took a, a trial design that had been started by a drug company as a two study, two-arm study comparing tamoxifen with an aromatase inhibitor, and we designed it instead to answer academically important questions, including sequence of starting with one and switching to the other, or starting with one and keeping it going for the of the treatment, which was a five-year treatment in those days. So Big198 had four arms by the time we were running it, uh, and that was continuous uh, aromatase inhibitor, a drug called letrozole, continuous tamoxifen, or start with tamoxifen and switch after two to three years to letrozole, or start with letrozole and switch to tamoxifen. All of those arms work. They all reduce the chance of the tumor coming back on average across all patients the arms that included letrozole did slightly better but what we found out by the analysis of all the patients taking part was that that benefit didn't apply uniformly to all women women at average or less risk did just as well with tamoxifen alone and uh, the sequence of starting with tamoxifen switching which was being used in another trial at the same time uh, in UK uh, was as good for most patients except for the very high-risk ones where it was better to start with the newer drug. So for many of the patients the sequences either way round were just as good as uh, starting entirely with the new drug. That's important because if a woman finds that the side effects of one or other of these drugs is unacceptable, intolerable, then this trial gives you solid evidence that it's safe to switch to the other sort and the woman they prefer that. So that's a piece of knowledge that is valuable in the clinic for people who can't tolerate one or other of the drugs.
0: And what are some other more recent major breakthroughs that breast cancer trials have been involved in?
1: I think the next important group was to look at the premenopausal adjuvant studies. This is the group of studies called Soft and Text uh, that Prue Francis has led for for our group. Uh, And that's asking the same sort of questions about the treatment of women before the menopause. Tamoxifen, again, was the mainstay of treatment. Is it better to use one of these new drugs? Problem is that you can't just give a premenopausal woman uh, letrozole. It would be swamped by the estrogen that her body makes. And so, as part of that treatment, you have to turn off estrogen production with another sort of drug. So, that there's a, an LHRH agonist drug that's used, tryptoraline or gocerolin, which turns off the body's ability to make estrogen. And then you can use a drug like letrozole. Stopping the estrogen production in and of itself was another possibility. So, that was some of the The arms that were used in these studies were tamoxifen alone, tamoxifen plus the blocker, or the blocker making it possible to use letrozole. And again, it depends on the degree of risk, and Dr. Francis will tell you more about the details of this, but it seems to me that the complicated treatments, the ones that involve stopping oestrogen production and then using a, a drug like letrozole, beneficial but they're beneficial particularly for women at higher risk whereas for women at low risk a simple treatment like tamoxifen might be quite adequate.
0: And do you think clinical trials will be just as relevant for improving and discovering new treatments as they have been in the past?
1: The game is changing. Um, When we did trials like BIG198 or nz 8101 Almost all the patients who came to your clinic would be eligible for that question because, as far as we knew, the question applied to all of them. Nowadays, we're finding out so much more about the subgroups within breast cancer that the group of patients for whom any particular treatment question applies is smaller and smaller, so it's, it's getting harder to find Uh, questions that have enough patients to be answered reliably and that's requiring a great deal of collaboration internationally to get the the numbers required for the statistics to work uh, on groups of patients that are increasingly defined by molecular subtypes that we now understand in breast cancer.
0: What makes you excited about research going into the future?
1: I think that the clinical research gives us reliable information so we can advise patients not on the basis of whim and personal experience, but on solid science, and that's what the last 50 years of clinical trials have contributed to the well-being of the next woman who comes through the door.
0: That was one of the founders of Breast Cancer Trials, Professor Alan Coates AM. If you would like to learn more about breast cancer trials or you'd like to support our life-saving research, follow us on social media or visit our website at breastcancertrials.org.au.